Okay. Mike Michalowicz, thank you so much for doing this today. I really do appreciate it. We're going to dig into uh, a lot of questions that I've prepared and the audience have prepared. Before we do probably get started, I've got a little intro, but to tease you on the intro, I want to personally thank you for helping me not have to buy a cow. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's a, a great, great cliffhanger, Mark. Here now, we go. Here's, engaged. here's the intro. This is a freestyle. I'm going off the dumb. Ready for my close-up, good looking Let me tell you, get more bookings Oh, that'd be nice, giving me tips, tools and advice Yeah, you're gonna get them, hon You're gonna sit back and listen to Mark Simpson Oh, having a blast Gonna get it on the Bruce Lee podcast Bruce Lee like Bruce Lee Cause it's so hard and the tea is loose leaf Making up those rhymes Don't write it, just do it loosely If you want my respect You're better put direct Mmm, here are the words in the podcast That's what comes next all right, that was my get different. I love that. That was my. I love it. <laughs> so the the gentleman rapping, he's a guy called Chris Turner. You do got to check him out on YouTube. He is a, a, a middle class, not a very upper class British white guy, but he turns up at events and he does freestyle raps. I discovered him uh, on YouTube in the lockdown. He uh, had a cameo account. I set up a cameo, started chatting to him, and he very gracious did a couple of introductions, a little raps for me. Uh, so that was one of them. That's the podcast. That's my get different. <laughs> That's my. Wow. Oh my gosh. gosh is, is that, that radical? I've, I've never, never seen someone, someone do that before. And it was fun and engaging. I love the Bruce Lee with the tea leaves. That was cool. Yeah. I'm glad you could see that because I didn't know. I don't know if you can see it or hear it, but yeah. yeah. And the, the, the animator, a, a guy called Ollie Hodgkiss, got to shout him out. He's a very talented animator. But we can dig into that all day. But I really want to celebrate you and just have a chat about you. Um, Personally, thank you very much. So before we get big, before we start, I wanted to give you a little test. Could you just please list off the, the books that you have authored and created? Because there are a lot. You're a prolific officer. If you could just sure, list them sure. off for the audience, that'd be amazing. So I'll try, I'll try to, to get, get them in order. So the, the Toilet, toilet paper, paper Entrepreneur was my first, written for early stage entrepreneurs. entrepreneurs. Second was The Pumpkin Plan. Then, then I wrote Profit First, first uh, Self-Published Edition. Uh, which then became uh, a mainstream edition. Surge, uh, profit first revised and expanded. Uh, Clockwork about business efficiency. Fix this next about pinpoint what you need to do. Then get different. My most recent book is My Money Bunnies, my first children's book, and I'm just about to start writing my next next book, which is about employee engagement. So that's my list. And we've got the Clockwork Revisited in June this year. Is that about right? That's right. Clockwork Revised Expanded. Yeah. 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 Good job. That's That's coming out out, this June or July. Amazing. No, again, prolific author. My personal journey began with you, with Blinkist. I don't know if you're aware of Blinkist. Yeah. Yeah. I know of them. So basically Blinkist... They, they, they turn all the books into little 15 minute journeys and I'm, oh, I'm a, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I'm on Blinkist. I'm just, you know, checking out these 15 minute books and then profit first came on and I dug it. And, and basically my journey is if I, if I really like the 15 minute Blinkist version, then I'll go and check out the author and I'll go yeah, 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 and I, yeah, then I, I like just that. disappear down the YouTube and you know, you can pretty much find every single interview you've, you've done by just Googling your last name. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so so from there, profit first, and then led on to Clockwork, and I I really really like resonated Clockwork with myself so much that I signed up with Adrian in the Accelerator program oh, back in December, that. and yeah, I've literally just this week been working on the Queen Bee role. 
Oh, good. Um, good, 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 good. So I feel like I'm getting it. I'm not going to reveal it personally and publicly just yet because my team this week, my, my goal for the team is to also see what it is. And we're going to do a big little meeting on Monday and then we're going to come together. I think I know what it is, but I want to see what, what theirs is. So it's super oh, exciting. I'm so impressed you pinpointed it. You know, one, one of the major revisions in the new version of Clockwork was finding the Queen Bee role, making it simpler. Because right? it, it is the most critical, it's the heart of your business. So the question is, how do you pinpoint it? Because if, if you're serving that Queen Bee role, your business will flourish but if you, and sustain. If, if you ignore it, you've immediately compromised your business. And I think most business owners don't know what that critical role is in their business, and therefore they hit it haphazardly. Um, so I'm thrilled, thrilled that you found this. That's good. Well, uh, thank you very much. So what I I think for me personally, and then I dug into Get Different, and I, I love Get Different, and I've even, um, there's a little uh, a course coming up, a little a little t- tweak a course, a beta course coming up that Justin sent out, and I've signed up for that, so I'm really excited. I mean, for, for me personally, my journey with you has started off with profits and finances, moved into time management, and then now it's it's marketing. There's, those are like the sort of the ways that I've gone, and that's why I'd love these this, this podcast interview to go if you if you don't mind so we're going to take one sort of question around finance one question about time management yeah, one around cool, marketing, and then we'll go from there one of the biggest problems when it comes to converting a looker into a booker for a direct booking is the trust factor whether you like it or not your guest is looking to make sure that you are who you say you are so how can you do that well the number one accreditation and recommendation certification service in the industry is IPRAC. And I'm so happy to say that IPRAC is sponsoring this podcast and is the lead sponsor for all Boostly content. The reason why we partnered up is because I have been working alongside IPRAC for many years. I recommend them to every Boostly customer, client and team Boostly member. The reason being is that unlike other accreditation services, they are not just country specific, it is global and it is worldwide. They've got over 10,000 members and they've got over 250,000 properties, which means that you can display your IPRAC certificate on your website and on your socials and know that you are going to be providing that trust that your future potential guest is looking for. I reached out to IPRAC and I asked them if they've got a special offer for Boostly members. And so if you go to boostly.co.uk forward slash trust, T-R-U-S-T, you will go to a special Boostly landing page where you can book in a call and a demo. And if you sign up, you get a very special exclusive discount that only Boostly members can get. So thank you, IPRAC, for being our sponsor. Thank you to listening to this very short message. I hope that you go and check out IPRAC today. I hope that you go and join them just like hundreds of other Boostly members have done because it will help massively with you increasing your direct bookings. Right, let's get back to the show. Okay, so let's cool. begin. So finance question. So let's um, quickly, I started at the very start of this interview, I thanked you for not making me have to buy a cow. And yes. the reason why because of that is um, in Profit First, and then I've, and I've watched a lot of your YouTube videos, you uh, explained a lovely story back um, where your children, teenagers, were just delving into the Cheerios and the Cheerios <laughs> yeah, analogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so basically mine is that my kids love drinking milk. And every mm. morning, every afternoon, every dad, 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 I, I want milk. I've got three boys. I've got a three-year-old, six-year-old and a nine-year-old. And yeah. I kept thinking back to your Cheerios analogy. And basically, I used to give them a big cup every single time, buying so much milk. I literally got to the point where I turned to my wife saying, we're going to have to buy a cow, put a cow at the back. (laughs) 
But then, yeah. but then I discovered those little espresso cups, those little yes. espresso cups. And I, you know what? Put the espresso, milk in the espresso cups. They were fine. So how could we please bring, r- relate all of that, the Cheerios, the milk, and how can we relate business owners to working with smaller bowls and how business yeah. owners, when it comes to finance, please. Yeah, yeah so, so it, it is all based upon a theorem uh, defined by Parkinson, a guy named Northcote Parkinson. So the theorem is called Parkinson's Law. And what he proposed, this is back in the 1950s, that's human nature to expand our consumption to meet the availability of a resource. The more milk you serve your children, it is natural for them to expand their consumption, to drink it all. And uh, especially here in the States, you see all the time that uh, soda bottles that used to be eight ounces and became 12 and 16, now they make these things that are like like a, like a missile or something. They're so big, and our consumption and our waistlines are expanding. But there's something interesting that Parkinson also pointed out. He said, as the availability of a resource decreases, we're forced to consume less because there's less available, but also become innovative. So uh, the example I like to use is if you have a brand new tube of toothpaste, watch how quickly you consume it. You use long beads and so forth. If some falls off, your toothbrush into the sink, who cares? I have a brand new tube of toothpaste. But when it's that gnarled up prune-like tube of toothpaste, now one droplet on one bristle hair seems to be adequate. The, the, the proof is, is that, that a, a new tube lasts maybe a month, and an empty tube of toothpaste can last upwards of a month. Our behavior shifts to resource. This is true for what you do with your kids. You give them that espresso shot, um, they consume less. And, and likely achieve the same level of satisfaction. Their behavior probably shifts. Maybe they sip a little bit more. Maybe now it's perceived as a treat as opposed to mass consumption. But the, the ultimate consumption is depleted tremendously, and the value they derive is likely the same or similar, or maybe even better. Maybe they even value it more. Well, I found with money, um, this Parkinson's principle also applies. What happens is, for most businesses, we have that one large cup of milk. Everything goes into that one checking account. All the bills get paid from it. Just like our children, we drink it all up. What I propose and profit first is at your bank, and it's important to do at your bank, because if you log into your bank account, that's the refrigerator you're walking to. That's where you're naturally going. People say to me, oh, I can do this on a spreadsheet, or I can do it in my accounting system. No, you can't. I realize you can put numbers there, but if that is not intercepting your natural path, if that's not your refrigerator, you're not going to see this. So we set these accounts at the bank, so every time you log in to see your balance, there's multiple cups there. Now, money comes into that one account, and we carve it up. We have all those little espresso cups there. One is for profitability. So money comes in, a portion goes to profit. Another may be to pay the owner their salary for the work they do, which is different than profit. Profit is a reward for owning a business. The owner's pay is a form of compensation. Um, taxes, OPEX. By carving the money up into these different accounts, before you spend a penny, you know what's available to what degree in those accounts. So that's how this, this system works. Now, thank you very much. And again, if you want to check out more about that in more detail, please do go check out the Profit First book. Um, I, I feel like a lot of people by now, and I speak to a lot of hospitality owners, and when I said that you were coming on the podcast, they they were the one that they said to me first, Profit First, um, definitely one that's, that's helped them get the balance, oh, get the business off the road, which is, which is amazing. And it's definitely helped me, me personally, and, and so many others. The, the second one was Clockwork. So yeah. Clockwork, and as mentioned, I've been going through the, the, the QBR role training this week, and you've hinted that in the revised version, it's going to be updated slightly. So 
the, 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 I guess the, the sort of the, the question that I have, number one, busy hospitality owner, busy Airbnb host, busy short-term rental owner, how could, how could they best find potentially what their QBR role yes. is within it? And also as well, what are the slight little tweaks that you've, you've made for book one to the revived version that's coming out this year? Please. Sure, sure. So it, it, it all starts off with what do you want to be known for? What do you stake your reputation in? I gave it, this is a little tweak, I gave it a new verbiage. I call it the big promise. Of all the commitments we make to our prospects and clients, what's the biggest, I call it the big, the big promise you make? And uh, as an Airbnb host, you get to choose this. You may say, I promise uh, the most extraordinary views, or I promise the uh, the most hospitality uh, if, if you're to meet with them, or I promise the cleanest rooms, whatever it is, we have to pick the number one thing. I'm not saying those other things aren't important, but only one thing can be the most recognizable thing about you. That's the definition of most. Once you identify your big promise, the next step is of all the activities you do, what one activity most supports that big promise. That's, That's the tweak I made from the old book. The old book, I said, let's list out all the things, we're going to kind of refine this. this. Now it's a, it's a quicker step-by-step. Step. What, what do you want to be known for? Of all the things you do, what most delivers on that? So back, back to the examples of Airbnb host, the most magnificent views. Well, maybe you, you have a location that has great views, but it's, 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 it's seeing those views that matters the most. So now it's the deck facility is actually the most important part of the building because that's where people are going to see these views and making sure it's accessible and presentable and encourages people to see those views is the most important thing. Everything else matters, but nothing matters to the degree of that deck. So you can have a spotless refrigerator, beautiful linens, and people won't necessarily value that much because you're known for your views. But if that deck is messy and unapproachable, it's going to crush your reputation. Now, now, here's the funny thing that's reverse. If you make an extraordinary deck experience and the linens are a little bit ragged, uh, the refrigerator isn't perfectly clean, uh, people may notice that, but you will win because your reputation's being delivered on. The, the goal here with the QBR and the big promise is once you decide what to stake your reputation on, make sure you're serving the number one role, the QBR, that serves that. If you do that and everything else is okay, but in the ballpark, You'll, you'll do, do absolutely fine, fine, probably more than fine. If, if instead you do marginal at the QBR and marginal and everything else, that will crush your reputation because you're not consistently delivering on that big promise. And if you blow off the QBR but you crush in the other areas, it still will crush you because you're not serving on what you're shaking your reputation on. The summary is pick your reputation, the big promise, then pick the one activity of all those activities that most delivers on it and never allow that to go unabated. Mm. And and this is for everybody that's tuning in, whether it's live or on the replay. I would love for hosts, especially that know their QBR, to put it below because what, what oh, I feel cool. and what I love about this is that we all the team Boostly community we come together and I feel like there's somebody watching this. And it took me so long to get it for me, um, so long. Yeah. And what what really helped me was when we're doing the accelerator. Part of the training was that we looked at other companies, and we looked at other companies, and we, and we and from the outside in we we did their QBR. And like the big brands and stuff. And that really helps. So if there's somebody who's in here, pop it. Yeah, it was really cool. It really helped me. And then again, I feel like once you figure that out, it is so important because it just makes your life so much, so much easier when, you, when you've got that. So that's the clockwork yeah. book. So there's another book to go pick up yeah. available on all your good bookstores. Now, the final one, the one that's really affected me is marketing. Now, this one has been going through my head so much at the moment. We've, we've get different. 
And you've got the book behind you, behind your yes, right shoulder, which is right very nice. <laughs> so uh, we're going to go to the dad. Differentiate, attract, direct. Yes. So tips for a hospitality owner to follow the, uh, the, the dad to market different. Um, and again, if you yes. could just break it down very, you know, very quickly, I know we'll push for time, but yeah, break it down and, and how they can use that and put that into attracting guests to book with them, ideally directly, because that's what this whole podcast is about. Not through Airbnb. How can you get a, a guest to book? Yeah, with yeah, them you know, land, that's, that's where the money is. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so, so what, what I, did I did was I evaluated what makes marketing effective and what doesn't. And, and I, I found that this framework, dad, is the essence of effective marketing. If you can check off all three of these elements, the D, the A, the D, your marketing is most likely to be successful. Not guaranteed, most likely. If you miss even one element, now the marketing is crippled and it's likely going to flounder. And often when we're floundering, what most businesses revert to is they double down on it. Uh, you know, my Facebook ads aren't working, so I'm going to pay more and pay more. And we get frustrated and we start burning cash. So here's what the three elements are. The first D stands for differentiate. The only way to get noticed is if you are breaking out of the white noise, that repeating sound everyone hears. And if you receive junk mail at your home, you already know this. All those pieces of mail you get that even before you return to your home from your mailbox are going in the recycle bin, those things are common white noise. Our minds are very attuned to irrelevant. And if it's been irrelevant in the past, it's going to be irrelevant in the future. Uh, the first time I received a hey friend email, I'll never forget it. I was like, oh my gosh, I've never received this. Who's this friend who calls me friend? They don't even use my first name. I love them. And I started to read it. I'm like, oh, this is irrelevant marketing. I think I've received hundreds, perhaps thousands of hey friend emails since. I've deleted them all. It doesn't work. Our minds become habituated, meaning attuned to what's irrelevant and ignores it. So to be different, don't do what your industry does. That's the key lesson here. If there is a common practice, often called the best practice, that's the practice actually to avoid because customers are attuned to that. Break and disrupt the pattern. So um, instead of sending a hey friend email, maybe you send uh, an email with a big picture of you waving and holding the person's name saying, this is really for you or something. It may just be enough to disrupt the pattern unless they've experienced that before to no benefit. The differentiate uh, is the first step. And what it does is it garners attention. And, and we've all experienced this. If you ever walk down the street and you're, you've done one of those double takes, like, what was that? That actually is your mind engaging in something different. When something different presents itself, how the human mind is wired is we must pay attention to it. But there's two other, two other elements. A stands for attract. What this means is once you garner attention, you must keep people engaged by speaking to their needs, speaking to their interests, entertaining them, educating them. There has to be a justifiable reason for them to stay engaged and spend those brain calories checking out what you got going on. Um, in fact, hopefully it's happening right now as I'm presenting to you. Hopefully I'm delivering enough value and maybe there's enough energy in my presentation that you're staying engaged. That is something that happens in these, these segments that every moment your mind is calculating, should I stay involved with this, with this consideration or am I gonna drift off and do something else? In our marketing, we have to keep people engaged. And the, the way to do this is speak to their need, speak to their challenges, entertain, educate, but speak their language. Validate that they're significant and you get them throughout. But even that's not enough. Once you attract, we have to direct. That's the last D in the stat model. Direct is tell them what to do with this. And we want to move through this efficiently. You don't keep on trying to attract. Like I can present to you for 10 straight hours. There's a certain point of like, this is enough. 
So I have to move efficiently, continue to deliver value, and then get to the transaction. Now, here's the key about the transaction direct. It's not going, going for, for the, the final, final close necessarily. necessarily. It's, it's not, not about, about being obtuse and unclear. And unclear. It's, it's about giving a very safe and specific direction. direction. So, so in direct, tell, tell something or invite them to take some, do something. There's, there's an exchange, but they, they derive value from it. From but it's, it's not, not so big that it overwhelms them. So, so just two quick examples. An obtuse, unclear example would be you visit my website, it engages you, and then they call the action button that says learn more. That's, That's a total mistake. mistake. The whole reason you went to my website was to learn more, and I'm keeping you going in this circle. The other extreme may be you went to my website, and I do some coaching, and it says, you know, put down a $10,000 deposit and a little conversation. You're like, who, who is this guy? It's too big of an ask. The appropriate ask may be um, give me your email and cell number so I can contact you, and I will do a true 30-minute consultation in your business. Maybe you'll walk away with the success you need, and we'll have to talk again. Maybe, Maybe that, that transaction is enough value. value. You're, You're giving me something uh, of value, permission to contact you, and, and, and I hope I'm giving you value in exchange. That's, that's what a direct is. Always have a singular, not multiple. Don't confuse. Give a singular, reasonable, safe direction for people to take. Mm. That's the dad model. I like it. And again, that's the Get Different book. And again, that's just free of, of many that, that we listed off. So thank you very much for that. So um, you very quickly, at the very start, you said there's, there's another book in the making. So you've done the finance, you've done the time management, the marketing. Can you just very quickly, before we go into the last segment, is just what's that book you're planning? What What are you thinking of creating next? Yeah, I'm really excited about this. So um, I, I listen to my audience readers. I'm very, very, very fortunate. fortunate. I, I have a lot of people engaging with me and giving me their insights. And I ask, what's, what's the challenge you're facing now? now? The number one challenge I'm hearing, and maybe this was partly invoked by COVID, is I can't, I can't hire, employees. I can't find employees. I can't, I can't find qualified employees. employees. And the, the other thing is they're not acting like owners. And the wish is I wish my employees would act like owners. So I said, okay, how do you get employees to act like owners? Well, I did start uh, this analysis about five years ago, but two years ago when COVID struck, I went double down on this. Uh, I am I'm an owner in, in uh, an equity owner in six different businesses. So we started testing out these models. And in the last year and a half, uh, we've worked with about 300 businesses deploying what I believe is a solution. I can give you a teaser. You can Google it if you want. There's a concept called psychological ownership. There is a switch that happens in the human mind where we go from responsibility to ownership. And those are radically different. Most employees are given responsibility. Here's what you need to do. It's like leasing a car, renting a car. You must return it with a full tank, uh, no scratches or dents. But what do we do when we take it out on the road? We munch down that gas pedal. We try to hit the corner super hard to see if I can get a Sienna caravan to spin out. But when I own it, my behavior now, I'm patting on the dashboard. Good job, baby. This is the best car ever. Now, now, the thing, thing is, is, I might not even actually own it. The bank, bank may own the rights, but I have what's called psychological ownership. There's, There's a very simple way to invoke psychological ownership and move people from responsibility where they're just employees to psychological owners where they're acting like you, the owner. And that's what we'll be teaching this And then that's that's amazing without having to give them all the equity. So, so. And ironically, here's the best, the best part. Here's a cool part. Giving equity actually may diminish psychological ownership. If you can get your employees saying, this is my company, Without any equity, that's the definition of psychological ownership. They're, they're demonstrating they're doing it, and their performance in general will skyrocket. Um, any idea on launch day? I know they say never tell everybody your launch day, but is it this year, next year? What are we thinking? No, it's, it's definitely not this year. It's definitely not 2020. 
it, it could, could be 2023. It's likely in the fall of 2023. It may be early 2024. Amazing. Well, already looking forward to that. Uh, thank and you. Thank so you. let's finish with the last sort of eight minutes with more about Mike. This is uh, a little thing that, again, I you can Google your surname and you can pretty much find every interview, every uh, podcast, everything you've done. But there's a yes, couple of yeah. things that I have dug into and I haven't yet been able to find out. So I, w- I wanted to just do it more for me, but it might also as well be <laughs> beneficial to other people. So the first thing, first question is, do you have a quirk or something that other people think is just pure crazy or, or mental, but, but you love, for example, mine is when I'm at the supermarket, I'm in, I'm in the queue, I'm in the checkout queue. I love reading those gossip magazines, you know? Oh, I love this. Yeah. So that's my little, I mean, my wife thinks I'm crazy. I love it. You know, I just have a little read, check, get on my celebrity gossip. Is there something that you've got? <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. <laughs> so is that I, something I'll that you'll pick one up? Like Tom Cruise is an alien. alien. I always knew this. That is so it. I do like doing that. that. Um, I, I guess, guess one, one of my quirks, quirks actually, actually no one knows this, this and uh, I, I do it every day. day. I wear uh, runner socks. So I'm actually wearing, now you can't see because they're under my jeans. Yeah. If I can get on the camera. But um, I wear runner socks. I'm standing right now and uh, I generally stand all the time for work. I found these compression runner socks actually gives me more energy. Um, so I've been wearing them every single day for the last three years four years that's cool I, I stand up as well and i I'm, I'm always barefoot and i got to a point where i was having I, yeah i googled and found on amazon a little mat you can stand on that tries and gives you oh, oh, i want to check this out bro so i see my camera kind of see if it can get down there there you go there's my mat see there's a mat i'm standing on there you are i i uh yeah i couldn't get on with it i couldn't get on with it it got really dirty and because i'm barefooted a lot of the time so but very cool Okay, right. Next, we'll, we'll, let's bring it back to travel a little bit. Um, you're obviously a big fan of a four-week vacation. If anybody's read The Clock of Book, you'll know that. Yeah, Where is your go-to destination, the go-to place oh. to travel? Yeah, yeah so, so there's, there's this island. island. So I live in New Jersey. There's, there's an island, island called Long Beach Island. Island. And um, to, to me, there, there's, there's a sudden shift. You go over this little bridge they call the Causeway Bridge. You go over it, and you leave the mainland, the United States, New Jersey, onto on this, this little island, and there's, there's a transformation. In fact, it's a little bit of a quirk. My wife and I will play uh, Jimmy Buffett's song called Volcano. We've been doing this as a tradition ever since we were our kids. I've been going 50 years straight. It's, it's such a tradition now that my kids, when they go visit with friends, they won't cross the bridge unless Volcano's playing. I will, I will tell you, you, you go, go to this, this there, there is nothing there that like, oh, this, this is the most beautiful place on the planet. Um, it's, it's overcrowded. It, it, it isn't the Jersey Shore, that, that disgusting atrocity on TV. Yeah. But, but there's something about the transformation in my own emotion when I get on the island. So that's why it's my favorite place to go. Mm, thank you for that. Okay, so this channel, this whole Boostly is all about helping hosts get get more direct bookings my little elevator pitch is yeah. i help hosts get the tools the tactics the training and the confidence to increase your direct bookings and cut down on your reliance on airbnb booking.com yeah, yeah. Verbo. so my question yeah. to you mr mike mccallowitz is when was the last time you booked directly with a property or are you a airbnb booker uh you know, airbnb, airbnb is, is the convenience, convenience um but, but um i've directly directly book um sometimes when i travel i do those home exchanges so i don't know if that's 100 percent there um but i will tell you the things that intrigue me to indirectly book is when i find something in a target area like i'm looking to go to uh scotland or something and when i visit uh i 
I have a very specific community I'm going to, and then I'll start looking there. And if one is unique, if it's if it just presents itself as another flat to visit, not interested. But the second it says like there is a brick in the wall that you know a former lord touched. Oh, oh my God, God. I, I, I am so immersed in the story, story. I, I got to see it. Mm. I think the opportunity we have in direct booking is to show the intimate detail, the oddities and the uniquenesses, and get people to immerse in that story. That, that becomes really palatable to me. Use the dad effect. Use the dad effect. Use the dad effect. It works on me. I know what's going on and it works. Oh my God. This is why I love bringing people into the podcast from outside the world of hospitality because we talk about that and it's like, this is like the, the, the roadmap that we're being shown right now on, on what to do. So it's really exciting. So thank you. Thank you for that. And I guess the, the, the last question is, um, obviously prolific author, you read lots of books. You can, you can tell that just by reading and, and listening to the audible of, of all the other books that you mentioned, but what was the last book that you gifted for somebody? And, and why was that? Um, that wasn't I, your own. Yeah. Probably. I think the last one I gifted was the self-reliant entrepreneur. It's a book by a guy named John Jans. And it's, what's interesting is here's a guy, he's an authority in the marketing space. He wrote a book about just, just the, the mental, mental welfare, welfare of entrepreneurs and, and, and how to, um, on a daily basis, uh, consider the greater good you're doing. And, and I, it's, it's, it's a really profound book. It's, it's not necessarily wildly popular, popular but it, I think it's wildly impactful. So, so I've gifted that a few times now. And that's probably the most recent book I gifted to someone. Mr. Mike McCallowitz, really appreciate your time. I just want to say that I uh, put my first book together last year, released it February of this year. Nice. Um, it's called the Book Direct Playbook. And in January, I did the audio recording. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. And yes. in preparation, I listened to Get Different. I listened to Clockwork. <laughs> and I am so impressed at how you 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 do it because it is so hard. You go into it thinking, oh, this will be easy. I just read and talk. That's all I got to do. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, when yeah. you get into it, you, you're so paranoid of your breath and the, the noises your tummy right, makes. Oh, yeah. And, and the, the amount of noises that my stomach makes is ridiculous. So... Yeah. <laughs> We, we heard, heard your stomach, stomch noise. Got to redo, redo that, that line. Yeah. yeah, and I love the interview that you did with the editor on the last. On oh, the thank last, you. Yeah, on the last book because Sorry. it gave me. Like, it, it was really good because all the things that you were saying about how many times you had to redo things and stuff. So I just want to say I've, I have massive respect for anybody who narrates their their own book. So thank you so much for everything. I really appreciate your time today. Um, I know we've only had a short amount of time, but it's been uh, for me. Pfft, Bucket list ticks. Thank you so much. Wow. And I hope it's everybody else has enjoyed it. Okay. I, I will like let you point. go. Thank you so much. Take care. And thank you to everybody who's tuned into the podcast. I wish you all have an amazing day. Be proactive. Don't be reactive. And let's go and get some direct bookings.